Hey guys, it's me, P. And me, S. And you're listening to the Girl on Girl podcast. But it's not what you think. But also, it's kind of what you think. Okay, here's the deal. My name is Persis. I'm queer, Indian, femme, and a little over five feet tall. And my name is Sarah. I'm straight, white, cis, and a proud ginger. Every episode, we're going to talk about sexuality from a queer perspective, from a straight perspective, and what it means to find the fluidity between the two. We're going to talk about taboos, labels, dating, awkward moments, pop culture icons. We're also going to talk safe sex, self-discovery, discrimination, and what it means to be a queer minority. Hi. Hey, my beautiful, beautiful co-host. Oh, thank you so much for um, the warm welcome. You're so welcome. I'm in a very warm setting. Yeah, you are. The The lighting's not as um, moody as it was before. If you were paying attention to me, I was saying I changed it. I know you changed it, but even when you changed it, it was more moody than it is. I listen to you. I pay attention to you. And when you changed it, it was still moody, but it was just a little bit of a different color. So right now, audience, I changed it to more of like a red tone. So my whole room is red. Yeah. Super euphoria. This is pink. Oof. Pretty and pink. Okay, what's next? Green. This is fun. I want one of these. This reminds me of when I went into the girls' green room in res. This was when... Oh, I w- yeah. I was upset at Bobby and I was crying and I walked into some random room that was green. It was like this. Yeah, I don't think this is the vibe for the conversation. Purple's fun, but do you what color do you think for this episode? I think this needs to be very light and fun. I'm going to stick with like a yeah. little orangey tone. Yeah, orangey yellow. Yeah. I agree. That does feel like the vibe, but I do want to start off the episode by giving you my condolences. Oh, I know. I'm sad. <laughs> Guys, pod listeners, I'm really sad. I found out some <laughs> tragic news this afternoon. Tragic. And you weren't the only one who found it out. No, lots of people. Um, if you guys are wondering, the Fletcher concert that I was supposed to go to on Sunday night got canceled. <sighs> moment of silence. Yeah, moment of silence for all the gay girls who were you know, had their outfits picked out, like were ready to just have a really gay old time. Yeah. And I'm not going to lie, like this actually like sucked because I was looking forward to it for so long. I was so excited to just be in a room with so many gay girls and just dance. Like it was going to be a gay girl event. Yeah, and we were hoping Persis would find the love of her life at the show. So it just like is delaying that process as well. It's just delaying the universe's work. So it's like very disappointing. But I have to tell you, I saw there was a comment on Fletcher's <laughs> <laughs> on Fletcher's post that made oh, me God. laugh so hard. What was it? And Fletcher responded to it. So Fletcher wrote, obviously, her note saying, by Canadian babes, I'm canceling the show, blah, blah, blah. Someone commented and said, I believe in the universe, and I love how she works. 
karma is finally coming for you, Miss Carrie, and it comes tenfold. <laughs> so can't wait to keep watching for more. I have my popcorn and a huge smile. Wait, what? What did Fletcher say? Fletcher responded with a question mark and said, Babe, put your energy towards something else positive for yourself. It'll be far more worth energetic investment. I'm sending you a lot of love. I definitely didn't think this comment was going to be like a hater. I thought it was going to be someone funny. <gasps> Karma is finally coming for you, Miss Carrie. <laughs> Miss Carrie. That's scary. See, that's the one thing about getting like a little bit famous and successful is you got to deal with people being really weird and creepy and acting like they know you and they don't. It's weird, right? Like what a weird comment. I'm surprised she even responded to that because it definitely feels a little bit like trolly. Like it doesn't really feel legit in any way. Yeah, the account's private and it doesn't have any posts. Maybe it's like a Finsta. Yeah, either a Finsta or like a bot or some, like definitely not worth responding to. So Fletcher, if you're listening, I'd say like, girl, don't even waste your, your fingers click clack and responding to someone like that. Yeah, like if anything, you can waste your fingers texting me. Um, of course. Of course, because I know you're obviously like sad, as am I. Well, she was going to see you, you know. I know. It had been like a long time <laughs> Okay, now doing I long distance, you know, and like she was she was going to be here in your city. You were going to be at the show like this was it. I was going to have my Wattpad moment. <laughs> Wait, what do you mean? Stop. You don't know what that means, guys. I have like, so much to teach Sarah. Wattpad, like the fan, like fanfic. Yeah, yeah. But it's like. <laughs> Okay, so you know how I was in high school and grade nine, grade 10 reading like Wattpad? <laughs> yes. I forgot about that, but yes. It was all just like you go to the concert and the singer falls in love with you. Ah, oh, see, that was the dream. There was something about that, like going to the concert. I kind of had that feeling with like Timothy Chalamet, like when I went to the place where Call Me By Your Name was filmed, I was like, I don't know, maybe being here in this place, like the energy, who knows, maybe he'll be here, you know what I mean? Like maybe he'll we'll be connected in some way. And that was only like three years ago. So uh, <laughs> I don't think you should feel too bad about the Wattpad thing. Hey, listen, Meghan Markle took a photo in front of uh, Buckingham Palace. Yeah, Buckingham Palace. So, like, look, there we go. If that's not manifesting, I don't know what is. Yeah, so just you, you went to Italy. You went to the exact spots where they film <laughs> Call Me By Your Name. You have photos. If that's not manifesting, I don't know what. Can you imagine? I just went to Italy, like, just went to the country, and I was like, Timmy. We're connected. That's like when I thought when I was a kid that Chicago or when I was a kid, I went to Chicago and from my understanding, I knew all celebrities lived in Chicago because I thought... Wait, why did you think that? Because I, I thought Chicago was the whole United States. I've told you the story. Oh, no, you haven't. That's so cute. Oh, yes, I God. swear I have. And I remember thinking like, 
I definitely told you this because I thought Mary-Kate and Ashley were going to be there. And I remember I saw a car run a red light and I thought that was Eminem. Wait, why? Why? Just because like it was doing something bad? Because he was like bad in my eyes. Like I thought he was like- He's a bad boy. That's, I don't think you've told me this and this is the cutest thing I've ever heard in my entire life. Were you sad when you didn't see any celebrities? Like no celebrities really live in Chicago. I just remember like- (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I don't think I like expressed it to anybody. I really just kept it to myself. But I remember being so oh, okay. excited that we were going to the States because I was right. like, all the celebrities live in the States. Yeah. that I think that makes sense. To young Persis's brain, I understand. It's not, it's not that weird. It'd be kind of cool if your family was going on a trip to New York or something because then you actually would have a chance of seeing celebrities. Like I went to New York for four days and I saw like three very – um, high-profile celebrities. So, you maybe you would have seen MK and Ash. Yeah, that was the old, those are the only people I cared about. Maybe you would have seen Eminem. If you saw him, would you have been scared? I probably would have been scared for sure. Maybe. So cute. So I don't know if we've said this on the pod before, but for some reason, my party trick is that I can wrap the whole Real Slim Shady from beginning to end, um, like the song, not like the album that it's on. So. If anyone wants that experience, you know, DM us and let us know. I'm more than happy to do it on the pod. I'm also more than happy to do it at your local party. I can impress your friends or, you know, at open mics, whatever, whatever you want. Like, just let me know. Yes. And Sarah is not for free. Just hope you know. No, I obviously come at a fee. I mean, it's entertainment, right? Like you got to pay for art and me wrapping the entirety of The Real Slim Shady is art. So... You know, just keep that in mind. But yeah, um, you can just shoot us an email, girlxgirlpodcast at gmail.com for any performance um, inquiries. Yeah, and um, follow along for updates because we'll be posting Sarah's um, availability on our stories. I'm available at all times. Yeah. (laughs) That's my availability. Pretty much. In many ways. Just kidding. Um, Hey, (laughs) Percy, speaking of you being a cutie little baby in Chicago, cursing Eminem's name as the car runs a red. <laughs> My segue. It kind of reminds me of the topic that we're covering today. What we're going to be talking about for this episode is what it's like to be a queer youth in 2022. And that's it. Right. Y'all. We've been wanting to talk about kids and teens and queerness for a long time because we actually haven't talked about what it truly means to be like a kid specifically and queer. Yeah. Or to be like a queer kid or youth. What we want to talk about today also is just like how the kids feel about queerness right now. Like how kids and teens see queerness in their worlds, how they're exposed to it, what they think about it. Because it seems to us as old folk, millennials, that this gen coming up is like super open-minded, aware, they're very accepting, they celebrate queerness, they celebrate uniqueness, and that it's becoming the norm. That's how we see it, probably because when we were growing up, it was so far from that. Um, And when our parents were growing up, it was even more far from that. And so maybe it's just like the difference, the stark difference that makes it seem like, oh, this generation is like so queer and so supportive of queerness. 
And I actually found a stat. So the U.S. Center for Disease Control and Prevention, I guess they do, I guess they do these nationwide surveys. It just makes me laugh because the stat is about queerness, but it's like the Center for Disease Control that did the survey. And you're like, okay. Basically what I gathered is like, um, the Center for Disease Control, they, every year they do these surveys in the States just to kind of do like a, like a, just kind of understand like the populace. And so some of the questions are like, what's your sexual identity? What's your gender identity? And apparently from 2015 to 2019, the percentage of 15 to 17 year olds who said they identified as non-heterosexual, so queer, rose from 8.3% to 11.7. So like a, a big jump in just those four years and i'm sure it's jumped even higher since 2019 and dr andrew aidsman who led an analysis of the findings had a quote that i thought was pretty important so he said although our analysis demonstrated that there has been a significant increase in the proportion of girls and boys that self-identified as gay lesbian or bisexual we cannot be certain if this represents a true increase of this magnitude or if it reflects, at least in part, greater comfort by teens with acknowledging a non-heterosexual identity on an anonymous questionnaire. Interesting. Yeah, and I just thought that is really important because you could look at this generation coming up and or this stat and say like, oh, it's, you know, that whole thing like, oh, it's cool to be gay. I think we were saying this on our last episode, like, a trend. oh, kids just, kids just, yeah, it's a trend. So like kids are just saying they're gay or whatever, which we obviously know isn't true. And we know after all of our chats together that what Dr. Andrew said in the last part of the quote is the reality. Like, it's not that more people are gay now. It's that there's more representation and greater comfort now and more support in order to actually be yourself and even ask yourself the question, am I gay? And it wasn't like that 10, 20, 30 years ago. So I like that I like that they were acknowledging like, hey, we're not saying that just like more people are gay in the last four years. We're saying that it's becoming more and more culturally acceptable to like be yourself and ask yourself who you are. Oh, yeah. And I mean, I just think about when I was 15, and I've talked about this so many times, so many times on the podcast, just like, even in my grade, I couldn't tell you like any queer women at all in my grade. Like, no, really, no. So I couldn't imagine ever feeling that comfort, you know, so me trying to discover myself and noticing these differences was so scary compared to like, if I was a teen now, because I'm seeing so much representation, even in like my favorite TV shows, I could only imagine how I'd be like, you know what? I'm going to ask myself this question. Like I'm feeling these things for this girl. Yeah. You know? Oh, wow. It would, you would have had a different experience and it's okay. Cause you had the experience you had and like, it's all good. Like this is your journey, but clearly like kids and teens today are much more comfortable with like, being who they are. You know what though? I'm not going to lie. Like it makes me a little sad that I didn't really experience that reciprocal queer love or acceptance when I was a kid because um, I actually saw a TikTok that made me laugh. That was like, I was so closeted in high school because of internalized homophobia that I didn't find my soulmate in high school. And now I have to settle on dating apps with like wasteful people or something. <laughs> and the person, if I found it, it was really funny. She just like falls to the ground because she's so fed up. <laughs> 
<laughs> and I was like, and I was like, you know what? Fair. I'm not saying like I was meant to meet my soulmate in high school or anything, but I think also like at a time when you're so young, like love and crushes is so fun. It's like such an all time high, which is why so many queer people feel that later in life, which is what we've talked about before. But I think about it and like, oh, it just would have been nice if I really allowed myself to feel the feelings I did when I was younger because I'm a person who's 26 years old who feels hard now, but you could only imagine how I felt when I was 15. And that would have been euphoric. It would have been like a drug girl. I would have been gliding through the whippy hallways of Father Leo J. Austin. <laughs> gliding through the hallways. Oh, sidebar. I love that um, that TikTok that you found that was um, where the girl, <laughs> it was like me going to my Catholic um, high school knowing I'm gay and having just kissed a girl in the parking lot and it's like and she's dancing in, in the church no I'm gonna I'm just gonna find it right now because I just need to hear the song yeah we posted it on our story I don't know if y'all saw it but um, it's really funny and it <laughs> reminded me of purses totally or me going to mass like we'd have mass in school and I'd fully be like well I'll, I wouldn't like kiss Alice at school obviously we were only kissing at the parties yeah you were still kissing though you'd like kiss on the weekend and then go sing about your awesome god on Monday but anyway I didn't want to derail from what you were saying I I think like as much as yes this is your journey and that's just the reality of course you're going to be sad about that of course yeah, I think I've been thinking about that more recently, actually. Yeah, it's something that like you just have to accept, but it sucks. <laughs> so you, so it's almost like you don't want to accept it. It's like you wish you could jump in a time machine a little bit. Yeah, or how like, I don't know. Well, obviously, I'm so excited to talk more about queer youth, but also just thinking about how so many millennials would have like, I don't know, maybe put themselves through like situations where they maybe thought they had to because of internalized homophobia or they had to be with men or be with women, even though they maybe deep down kind of knew there was like something missing. So yeah, saying, it's like, it is really, this is a subject that makes me like really sad. And it makes me sad that I know some people now sometimes still don't accept themselves, even though we are getting to a better place. Because that internalized homophobia lives there. It's You can work on it, but it's really hard to let it go. Yeah, and who knows? Maybe you never let it go. Like maybe it's just in you forever kind of, and it's just something you have to deal with. But yeah, I hear you. And also wondering like, could I have met my, you know, could I have had a high school sweetheart and could that have been it for me? Um, because the, the truth is like you do have friends who met their – like significant others, it's going to be them for life um, when they were really young. So you have that kind of around you, like you see that as a possibility. Yeah, I do. Or if I know like, yes, Alice was like, I only had eyes for Alice, but I was even thinking if there were more women in my grade, for example, who would like were out. I mean, I talked about this before, but I'm sure there would have been other people I'd be like, I'm interested in because it would just be like out in the open and of course, and girls at other schools too. Like, it would have been a different experience. And I, I, if I could wave a magic wand, if I had three wishes from a genie, I would give one of them to you to go back in time and be 
now openly gay in high school and like having the time of your life and having all the crushes and going on all the high school dates, taking girls to the high school dances. Oh, uh, but you should use your wish for yourself. Don't use it just for me. No, baby. I'll use one on you and then I have two more wishes for me. But then your third wish is you have to set the genie free. So you only have one wish. No, that's not how it works. You know, it's it's not how it works. But if you ever watched Aladdin, you know he sets the genie free in his last wish. I know, but I don't think I'd just leave the... Sorry, genie, but I'd leave you. I'm giving one wish away to you. I can't give two wishes away. I have to only give one. Okay. Okay. That's true. And if the genie's mad about it, he can take it up with you. Okay? But obviously, not to derail too much, because I kind of went off on a tangent, but we actually really wanted to hear from real kids and teens around the world to see what it is like to be a queer youth in 2022 because Sarah and I just mentioned we're old ladies so we cannot speak to being queer youth in 2022 or just being a youth in 2022 and and like what that experience is no matter how you identify so and also like we have an assumption of what this generation is like but we don't really know so like we wanted to hear from them and so we did so we have some mailbags from two incredible listeners and then we have some other insights that we gathered for you guys to come with us on this journey to figure out what's happening in the utes right now in 2022 so first up we are going to learn about one of our listeners named jara jara is a 15 year old queer youth and she lives in Belgium. I've always wanted to go to Belgium. And I feel like I might maybe venture over there next year. So, Jara, if you're there, maybe we can meet up. Um, also, I really hope I'm pronouncing your name right. Because it starts with a Y. But there's no such thing as a Y over there. So, anyway, Jara. Here is what Jara said to us about being 15 and a queer teen. Um, she said, I currently don't label my gender. I use any pronouns, she, her, they, them, he, him, and I identify as lesbian. I'm not out to my family except for my stepsister, but I am out to all of my friends. So she said that about a half a year ago, um, I cut my hair really short and it wasn't even to look more androgynous. It was actually for medical reasons. After I got my hair cut, my classmates didn't recognize me in the halls. When I said hi, they would ask, who are you? And they didn't even know it was me until I told them it was me. So like her, her classmates literally didn't recognize her. She said, before I cut my hair short, I already identified as lesbian. And I was unsure about my gender, but because I looked femme, nobody questioned my sexuality and they all just assumed I was straight. But after I got my hair cut short, everyone was like, are you gay? And I would be like, yeah. <laughs> But then even my family started making jokes about the fact that I wouldn't have kids because I'm gay, which is obviously awful. She said that they were saying that to her and they didn't even know whether she was gay or not. It was just because of her short hair that they started making jokes about, oh, you're not going to be able to have kids now. They didn't even ask her, like, are you gay? Yeah, you must be a lesbian because your hair is short. So... Um, Jara said, I feel like they're just saying it because of stereotypes, which is kind of annoying, but I can't blame them. And we hear you, Jara. We hear you. It's not about blaming anyone. You know, we all have our societal ideals. We all have internalized homophobia, all of that stuff. But, you know, we do got to call people out on their bullshit sometimes when, um, uh, when they're saying something that is not correct. Just keep that in mind, listeners. 
I'm just going to drop that little tidbit in there. We understand that like your parents may have grown up in a different time, but the time is right now. So I, I'm always kind of a little, you know, we can't be so easy on people to be like, oh, well, they're just from a different time. Like, no, yes, I empathize with that, but they can learn. Like there's people around them who I'm sure like they're seeing things, there's more rep. It's almost ignorance, right? So yeah, I saw this thing after Betty White died that was saying like the argument of, oh, they came from a different time. Betty White is an example of how that argument just is never actually accurate because Betty was almost a hundred when she died. So she's been around for the last century and she always in like back 30, 40, 50 years ago in interviews was saying like that she supports the the queer community. So you can just, you can, you know, just be Betty White is all we're trying to say. Okay. Um, to finish off Jara's story, she said, I do have a great group of friends that know I'm gay and support me. And they're always there to help me whenever I need it. But um, she did actually ask Persis and I for any tips for coming up to family because her dad and stepmom are, in her words, I'm putting up air quotes, kind of homophobic and transphobic. Um, and Jara had a lot of anxiety about <clears throat> having to come out to not just them, but then the entire family. So, you know, once I come out to dad and stepmom, that means I have to come out to grandma and I have to come out to my aunts and uncles and all of that. So there was a lot of kind of anxiety around her family of, do they know I'm gay? And and they're pretty homophobic. So like, is my is my hair like a big tip off or something? Or, you know, do I need to actually come out? So that's Jara's experience as a 15-year-old queer kid living in Belgium. For her, it seems like it's a lot easier for her to be herself at school and with her friends than it is at home. Like, I think her friend group and her school feels a little, like a little bit more of a safe space and a more like um, a bit more of an accepting space. And I think that points to the disconnect between like the current generation and then the older generation, i.e. her dad and her stepmom. Yeah, that's very clear, I think. It's just like, which may be the case, I think, for many now is that as opposed to like when we were growing up, I feel like we still didn't have that comfort around our friends because right. yeah. we weren't seeing media rep. Like, for, I mean, if anyone, or there were many people who I talked to who later said like, oh, I couldn't even come out to my friends. Like it was all very like straight relationships, all hetero. So this definitely, I think, feels like a disconnect. But I think in terms of tips on coming out to your family, this could always be a little bit tricky because if you do have the feeling that your dad and stepmom are kind of homophobic and transphobic, you want to make sure you're also safe and you're not going to put yourself in a situation where something can go very wrong. So I always try mm -hmm. to tread lightly with this because you want to make sure that you can still open up to them honestly because they're your family but I don't want you I don't want to put you in a position where you're you know possibly in danger because I also don't know your family yeah and another thing that we said to um Jara when she was asking for advice was just like number one tip take your time and give yourself grace like don't rush into anything that doesn't feel right um because coming out is not something you do for other people it's something you do for yourself and especially when your family isn't 100% accepting, just like Persis said, you got to make sure you're safe and that you're comfortable. So take as much time as you need. Um, and also, very important, lean on your support system. So we suggested to Jara, like, lean on your friends at school who love you and support you and let them build you up because 
it, that's going to give you so much more confidence. And if anything, to feel like your true self with them, even if you don't feel safe to come out to your family yet. And I just think Zara is so brave. Like she cut her hair short for medical reasons, but just to like own her, the fact that she doesn't identify with a gender and to own her identity as a lesbian at such a young age, you know, like 15, when Zara reached out to us, she was 14 um, and she was about to turn 15. So, you know, so young. And I think that's saying something about this generation, right? That they, they can at a young age really start to come into themselves. And it's, it's a process. Like still she, you know, is, has a family that she's isn't super accepting and are making bad jokes, but it's, I think that's huge. Oh, also there was one thing I wanted to point out about Jara's hair revolution is actually something that Demi Lovato had also said, which is really important and how they've also talked about how their hair has defined them over the years. Like hair is so powerful for our identity expression and how Jara had mentioned like when her hair was long, people just thought she was straight. When she cut it, people assumed she was gay. So it's just really interesting how I feel like hair and identity really go hand in hand. For sure. Instantly, right? Like Jara cut her hair and instantly, not only did the kids not recognize her, but they right away asked if she was gay. And she was like, yeah, but you didn't ask me before. I was, I was before, but you didn't ask me before. So when we're thinking about this generation of kids and how they feel about queerness and gender, like clearly aesthetics are still playing a big role in how kids see sexual and gender identity. Um, and I think that's an interesting thing to note. Like, this, yeah, this generation might be more open-minded, but still there's something about women specifically and how their hair is and how they dress and how they wear their makeup. And it's just, it's it's very focused on people who are assigned female at birth. Very. It's And there's still stereotypes. Like that hasn't gone away. Like Sarah, for example, if you were to shave your head, and you identify as straight, you're an assigned female at birth, I really do think people would look at you and assume you're queer. I think so too. And we've talked about this before about, about clothes. There are times when I'm wearing an outfit that I have a thought in the back of my mind where I'm like, this is like a stereotypically queer kind of style. And I'm sure there's someone I come across today who might think in the back of their mind, oh, I wonder if that person is queer. Who knows, right? Well, um, didn't you hear that dressing like a lesbian is a powerful new trend? It is. Thank you, New York Post, for that valuable information. I uh, can't wait to wear my pantsuits. But yeah, also acknowledging that this conversation around aesthetics is probably different around the world. Like this is her, this is Jara's experience in Belgium. But if you maybe go to like LA, who knows? Maybe like everyone just looks so different and cool that kids don't really have that perception. I don't know. That's um, another good point. True. Yeah. I don't I, know. I do think like ultimately aesthetics still play a big role, but just wanted to point out like we talk to people from different parts of the, the world so we can get a little, we can clock it in a little bit and see what's up in, in different places. Jara, thank you so much for reaching out to us. Thank you, Jara. We love you. And uh, we can't wait to keep seeing your story unfold. Next up, we want to highlight this story from one of our listeners, Tess from the Netherlands. Oh, hey, Tess. Hey, Tess. What's up, girl? So Tess is a 15-year-old queer youth. She goes to S&P. 
<laughs> Hi, I'm Tess. I'm 15 years old, and I'm from the Netherlands. My pronouns are she, her, and I am bi. I am one of the lucky ones who grew up in a very accepting environment. I always knew that if I were gay, it would be totally okay. And even though I knew that, it was still hard for me to figure out who I was attracted to. I only knew one women-loving woman couple, and they looked nothing like me. This changed when I downloaded TikTok. Honestly, I think that happened for a lot of people, Tess, which is kind of incredible. I'm not a fan of this app and have now deleted it because when you start scrolling, it's impossible to stop. Fair. Very fair. <laughs> it did give me one really beautiful thing, though. Representation. I had seen LGBTQ plus people on other social platforms, but always adults. Never people my own age. That is so true. Mm -hmm. On TikTok, I saw people just like me who were part of the LGBTQ plus community, and they were proud of it. This really helped me being fine with who I am. At one point, there were so many bisexuals on socials that people began speaking up the bi trend. Hmm. Yes, excited to get into this. Because <laughs> I hate it. I've had a few people tell me when I came out to them, that's great. There are also people who are faking being bi just because it's cool now. That's so annoying, but you're not one of them, of course. Tess goes on to say, I think this is so weird because first of all, it's not your place to say if people are faking it. And second of all, isn't it great that more people accept themselves because there's so much more representation? Yeah. So just to clarify, because you guys can't see like what we're reading, that whole quote about like people are faking being bi because it's cool, but that's not you, right? Like that's what people would, her age would say to her. And she would be like, um, question mark, question mark, question mark. Yeah. And I mean, we've also, we talked about this on our last episode about how people are like, biphobia is very real. And people claim that a lot of women, especially, they really put it on women, not men, to say like, oh, you're just saying you're bi because it's like cooler to be fluid. Like it's almost, it's it's just more, ew, I hate that I'm saying this, but like <laughs> trendy, ew, ugh, it's disgusting. Well, that's what they, that's what people say. Yeah. And it's obviously not true. Tessa says, I'm also noticing that people are finding out their sexual orientation at such a young age now. I was 14, which I think is pretty young in comparison with people 20 years ago. Hell yeah, Tess. That is amazing. Um, and she also says, I'm now hearing of 10 year old kids coming out. Oh, that makes my heart so happy. Um, Tess also wanted to say something about pronouns because that is a topic now for a lot of people but I think especially for my generation. We are the ones that are teaching adults about pronouns and what they mean. My parents find them very interesting and always want me to explain them. They are starting to get it more and more, but there's one thing that they keep saying. The grammar isn't right in Dutch, and it's different from English, because our word for them is je. And also, Tess, I hope I'm saying this right, and if I'm not, please tell me. Um, and our word for she is also je. So we have to use different words for non-binary pronouns. I can only give my parents one answer. The grammar isn't right, but we are using it anyway, so let it go. Right now, almost only the queer kids are using pronouns. I think straight kids are afraid people are going to assume they're gay if they put their pronouns in their bio. Interesting. I really hope this will change because pronouns are for everybody. Of course, I am privileged to live in a very accepting place and know that there are still so many places where people can't be themselves but I think we're taking steps in the right direction. Yes, Tess, girl, 
Tess reached out to us and actually requested this episode, like requested to us to talk about like what it's like to be young and queer now versus maybe when we were young. So it's so cool that she shared her story and that, that she made this topic come to life. I feel like we maybe breezed a little bit, a little bit past like the Dutch grammar thing, but I just want to clarify for anyone who like wasn't clear what Tess was saying. Like in Dutch, they use the same word for them and for she. So anyone who's non-binary, the pronoun situation actually gets really tricky because you might be trying to say them, but it could be referred to as she. So I just wanted to clarify, like when her parents were saying the grammar isn't right, they actually were be- were being like truly confused about the grammar in Dutch. And I just I just had to shout out Tess for her response. I love it. Like, listen, mom, dad, the grammar's just not right. It's okay. Let it go. We're going to figure out another way to refer to a non-binary person that doesn't involve that word je for them or um, she. I just wanted to clarify that in case anyone was confused. I didn't want her parents to get a bad rap. You know what I mean? Totally. And I also feel like I butchered a lot of that. So I love <laughs> You read it verbatim. So if anything, Tess butchered it. Tess, don't do me like that. Don't do me like that, Tess. Oh, girl. Um. But yeah, Sarah, thanks for clarifying. Clearly, we can see from Tessa's story that social media played a huge role for her. And I feel like TikTok has played a huge role for many people since, you know, we all downloaded it when quarantine started. And Tess, I'm not mad at the fact that you deleted the app because sometimes I feel like I should delete it because I get addicted. You can be scrolling for like an hour and you won't even realize. It's for sure. Very addictive, but... I really do have friends who felt like they kind of came out during that time because they were seeing so many, so much like LGBTQ rep. That is so cool. Like, how cool is that? It's, in, it's like, I feel like it's kind of like commonplace now. It's like, yeah, of course you're on TikTok, you see all sorts of people, but like it is the fact that from being on TikTok, you can discover something about this huge thing about yourself that you didn't realize before looking on TikTok. Like, I I actually think it's really cool. I'm kind of geeking out a bit how much like social media can, yeah, we talk about how bad it is, but it it can really like bring amazing things into your life. Yeah. And I mean, we obviously had social media when we were in high school. We had MySpace, we had Facebook, even Instagram at the time was mainly kind of like a photo sharing source just with your friends and like even if you were following celebrities or something it wasn't still like this big thing where there was all these like brands being like thrown at you I feel like or people from around the world like other people you were just interacting with your friends basically on all of these apps totally you weren't it was very rare like 15 year old me was interacting with like another 15 year old in the world who I didn't know totally but what I wanted to point out is we had Tumblr. The right, right. Current gen has TikTok. The millennials, the gay millennials, they had Tumblr. Good point, P. Great point. But it was still very different. Tumblr almost felt a little bit more like secretive. I feel like people were very secretive on Tumblr. It kind of felt like their own little world, their own little blogs. The people they would connect with were like their Tumblr friends, who I think we've talked to Shannon Burns about this before. Like she's actually made like really incredible friendships through Tumblr. Um, But now it just feels like TikTok is so out in the open. 
just what I wanted to point out. Yeah. And and TikTok and Instagram are the kinds of apps now where like almost all of the content is from people that you've never met who are like showing you hopefully their authentic life or something about themselves. So it's like the whole world basically opened up. And you're right about Tumblr. It was the same thing. And also it was like a lot of times anonymous. Like you had this anonymous kind of profile. And I mean, TikTok is just the opposite of anonymous. Like you're putting your face out there. But I do think it's like very telling that Tess's story is really um, heavily um, influenced by social media. And that's, I think, a big difference between her generation and ours. And And definitely past generations. Absolutely. Oh my God. Huge. And then I think what was interesting about Tessa's story too is she seems to be surrounded by a lot of acceptance and she talks about how grateful she is for it. And I love that. Like her family even very accepting. But there is still like fear and confusion in her direct world and her school and stuff like that. When she made that comment about kids not using straight kids not using pronouns because they were afraid people might assume they're gay. I thought that was really interesting because it's almost it's like a little um reminder that homophobia can still exist even if you feel like your classmates are very accepting. It's that internalized homophobia even of like oh if I put my pronouns like what if who knows what if people think that makes me gay which which of course it doesn't, but I could understand maybe like a kid, like a 14-year-old just being confused about pronouns and what that might mean for them. Of course. And I mean, Tess even pointed it out, like pronouns are for everybody. They're really for humans, you know? Well, yeah. And like I, for example, when I go on a Zoom call for work, I always have my she, her pronouns there just so that everyone on the on the call knows how to refer to me and I mean, as y'all know, listening to this podcast, straight and queer conversations, I identify as straight and it's never been a question to me of whether I should, since we've been having this pronoun conversation, of whether I should make sure my pronouns are available to anyone. Yeah. But I mean, I think people associate pronouns with queerness, you know, naturally they do. So for sure. But I really want to dive into more of this internalized homophobia because Sarah, you were saying earlier, like you discovered some internalized homophobia that you've been harvesting and you didn't know. So can we dive into that? Let's do it. Yeah. So I discovered this, I would say over the past month, it's been coming up and I've been realizing that it was like totally subconscious, but listening to Tessa's story and what she was saying about kids not using pronouns because they think it might make them gay. Um, like in, she says specifically, like they won't put their pronouns in their bio. I'm assuming like their TikTok or their Instagram bio. And it just got me thinking about this internalized homophobia I've been having. And it's so subtle. I didn't even realize I was having it. And what it is, it's involved with our podcast. In my personal Instagram bio, I have that I'm the co-host of the Girl X Girl podcast and it links out to the podcast. And when you go to the our, our podcast Instagram, it's very clearly a queer podcast. And yes, we talk about, you know, it's a queer and a straight conversation and all this stuff. But I, I realized I was having like, how do I describe it? I was just conscious of the fact 
that someone who just followed me or maybe hadn't been to my profile in a while might go be like, oh, Sarah hosts a podcast and go to it and see that it's a queer podcast and think, oh, maybe Sarah's gay. And it wasn't at all a concern or an anxiety, but I realized it was like a thing I was conscious about. And I realized it because I had someone followed me, maybe someone from work or something. Someone followed me and I, it, I, I had a thought of like, oh, I wonder if they'll think I'm gay because they'll click over. And I think it goes to show like how deep-rooted internalized homophobia can be and how nuanced it can be too because I'm not worried they're going to think I'm gay, but I'm very conscious of it. And that's not bad. It's just like um, something to be aware of because I don't know. It's kind of interesting to me that even that thought comes up. Mm-hmm. You know, like, what does that mean that that thought's coming up? It must mean that there's like a little bit of homophobia happening inside me that is like deep rooted. But I wonder if it's like, maybe you do have a little bit of a fear. Like, do you not want someone to click the profile and assume you're gay? Well, that's what I'm wondering. Like, I don't feel anxiety, but because the thought's coming up, I'm like, there must be something around fear or not wanting people to think that, or there must be something there because why else would the thought come up, right? Yeah, yeah, that's true. I think that like, it is a little bit of internalized homophobia. And also I think like, this is so interesting because yeah, I don't even know if, I don't even have an answer, but I feel like to say you're the host, the co-host of a queer podcast as a straight person is very rare hands down, like even putting that out there is very rare. Like we've talked to other people where there's many queer podcasts out there, but both hosts are queer. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting from your perspective where it says girl on girl podcast. Yeah. And you go and there's, and we got the pride flags and like all our content is about queerness. And I love it. Like this is how I spend so much of my time and I'm so passionate about it. And I love being an ally and all that good stuff. Mm-hmm. But it is interesting, right? Like, it already is a little scary for me being so open in general on a podcast. No matter how long we do this, I'm I'm still going to be a little bit like, oh, this is kind of crazy that I'm doing this. Yeah. So just the idea that I even have like a podcast in my bio is a little bit like, oh my God, it's out of my comfort zone still. And so the fact that it's a queer podcast and, I've, and I identify as straight is just like an interesting dynamic. It is. But I guess we really need to look into the why. Like, maybe you should talk to your therapist. No. Yeah, maybe I should because, I mean, to me, it feels very clearly internalized homophobia. Like, as soon as it clicked in me that that was happening and us having talked about it so much, internalized homophobia, I was like, oh, God, that has to be what it is. There has to be this feeling of like, oh, people are going to think I'm gay. Mm-hmm. Just like the kids in Tessa's story, right? If they put their pronouns, people might think they're gay. And it, and it's not necessarily about that they think gay is bad or they think pronouns are bad. It's just like when you, when you are something, I, I guess it, it is kind of a strange feeling for me to identify a certain way and maybe be perceived in the opposite way. Like that's also interesting too, right? And I think that could go both ways, right? Like, and we talk about this with your femme struggles all the time you identify as gay and the world often sees you as straight just because you have long hair and you wear makeup 
So I think that's always interesting when like, but also kind of exciting. Like, obviously it doesn't, if someone thought I was gay, I would not be bothered. But, but who knows, right? Maybe there is like a deep-rooted fear of some sort. Yeah. And I mean, like, we all had a fear of being gay when we were growing up. Like, I mean, I'm saying we all, I'm not speaking for everybody, but I'm saying for, um, I, I, even though similar to Tess, like I grew up in a very accepting environment, I did have a fear of being gay. I remember thinking, is this going to be me? Is this going to be my life? It was scary at the time. Now I fucking love it. I think it's the best thing ever to be gay. And I like want to live my best gay life ever. (laughs) Yes. I could only imagine like you are someone who identifies as straight that it's like, it's weird to think of what people think of you when they see this on your profile. Because right away when you click on someone's profile, we already assume something. We're we're already trying to assume, right? Like I even did that not long ago with a girl's profile. I was checking out because we're trying to get her on the podcast. But I had to do a little digging because I was like, would love to have her on, especially if she is queer. But she doesn't have anything outwardly on her profile. But I'm not going to lie, just based on the way her aesthetic was, I assumed she was probably in the community. So we all have assumptions. You're never going to know what to ask. That's all I have to say. Totally. And it even reminds me of that story we told a few episodes back now about my best friend and her um, girlfriend. And before they started dating, Tish, thank you. Tish was trying to figure out if I was dating my friend and like found our pod and basically, basically was like, I think she's gay. Or I'm trying to figure out if she's gay because she has this gay podcast. And it took her a while to figure out that I was straight. So I can only imagine most people who land on my page and then go to the podcast are like, oh, maybe Sarah's gay. Maybe. But here, here, here's what I'm going to say. The bio okay. literally says a straight and queer perspective. So yeah, if they really do... Chris, you bio, might be the straight one. Who knows? Uh, they, listen, <laughs> I'm not trying to say, but I like just... just if you really look at the posts for a little bit, I think you'll quite you'll figure out quite early that I'm the gay one. <laughs> anyway, I thank you for giving me the space to like talk about this thing that I discovered because I think it's important to, when we feel internalized homophobia, it's much better to talk about it and let it out. And yeah, try to figure out the why instead of like holding it in. I agree, girl. And I'm always here to talk about it more because I didn't even know this. So I didn't know it either. I honestly had no idea this was happening. And I think it was someone from work or something that's like outside of my personal life followed me. And I thought, oh, they're going to see my bio. Oh, I wonder if they'll think I'm gay. And you know what? Even if they do, who cares? Well, that's the thing. Of course. And I, and I don't. Like, that won't keep me up at night in the least. Like, I, obviously, that would not matter. But it's just, it's really interesting to talk about. It is. Okay, so we love you, Tess. We love you, Jara. Thank you for sharing your stories. There is um, another kind of group of kids we wanted to talk about. They're not listeners of the podcast, but we thought it was really interesting to get their insights into how they feel about queerness and gender identity. I have a friend who is a teacher here in Vancouver, and as part of the PE curriculum for his grade 8 class, they had to do something called SOGI, which stands for Sexual Orientation and Gender Identity, which first of all, I thought it was really cool that they have like a whole thing set aside now to talk about this in grade 8 PE. Like how cool is that? I didn't realize that was a thing. I love that. 
So grade eight, these kids are probably around 13, 12, 13, 14-ish age. So they're just kind of getting out of childhood and going into their teens. And for this SOGI class, the goal is to create a space for open conversation and education about queerness and gender. So here's what my friend said. He said, it was a really good full hour of conversation with the grade eights. Lots of open and candid conversation about their experiences and mine. So he got in on the conversation. He said it ended up being more of a forum in the library than a point-by-point talk, which was very refreshing and also illuminating. So the kids really got into it and he got into it too. Instead of making it like a teacher-student thing where he's like teaching them a curriculum, it just turned into an open forum and they all talked. And I asked him like, what was the general feeling from the class about the topic like were the kids nervous to talk about it or were they seem pretty open and he said they were super open understanding and in a way kind of like unconcerned like yeah of course we're talking about like being gay is normal it's fine and gender identity like we're used to this we see this in our world like it's it wasn't like a huge thing but they still had a lot they kind of wanted to like talk about And I asked what kind of questions that they had. And he said the main questions were actually about language and misidentifying people. So for example, he said one student asked if it was inconsiderate to ask if someone was trans. And if you don't ask, how will you know that they're trans? So I feel like questions like this are are honestly really valid. Like for a 12-year-old who in their world and their social media, like they're they know transness exists and that it's totally, totally um, fine and that it should be celebrated and all these things. But then coming into like their daily life, they're like, do I ask someone if they're trans? Is that rude? Like, am I supposed to, do I assume someone's trans? And these questions are really valid. And I think a lot of adults are asking these types of questions. So it's cool that kids are like thinking about how to be considerate basically into like how to treat people with respect um, and not and not say the wrong things because that's so you know it's so easy to say the wrong thing um, without even really meaning to. Of course, you never like intentionally want to hurt somebody. No, yeah, well, hopefully most not. of the time. I mean, so, yeah. some people might. Um, but yeah, so basically, he responded to this student and said, "If someone wants you to know more about their gender identity or sexuality, like they can absolutely share that with you, and that's their kind of prerogative." Um, but otherwise, like you don't need to ask, you don't have to worry about asking if someone's trans, just respect and love them for the person they are and celebrate that. And however they present themselves to the world, just accept that as who they are. And if they want to share with you that they identify as trans, or if they want to tell you about their pronouns, that's amazing. That's great. Now you have that information. If it, if it's helpful for maybe when you're like talking about them to another person, you can make sure you're saying he, she, or they. And they were having those kind of conversations of like the kind of conversations we have on the podcast. And these kids are like 13 and he and he was getting in on the conversation. And it was all very, as he said, illuminating um, and quite positive. And he was definitely lit up after the conversation. So um, I just thought that was really cool. These Oh, and also this class is based in Vancouver. So these are Canadian kids growing up in quite a liberal country. This is how they react to queerness and how they feel about it. Yeah, I think that's incredible. We should be having conversations with kids about this stuff, like very openly and treat it like, um, treat it like just a friendly discussion, right? And just like, I love that your friend was also getting in on it because 
I feel like kids, especially around that time, like really do look up to their older like mentors or teachers, you know? And I could only imagine if I had someone talking to me like that when I was 13, I would be like so excited and so comfortable going home, feeling very good about the conversation and refreshed. Yeah. Can you imagine when you were in grade eight, having an SOGI part of your gym curriculum? Like it kind of goes back to what we were talking about at the beginning of the conversation. Like who knows what you could have discovered about yourself if that was like a part of your schooling that you got to be a part of. Oh, I couldn't even imagine like that happening in my elementary school, but it would have been incredible. So it's cool that this is happening in schools today and kids are feeling open in Canada and just precursor. This was in Western Canada and they're, and they're celebrating and they're also asking really like legitimate questions so that they can become better um, in all ways, whether they're allies or whether they're part of the community. I love that. And also questions are good. Like there's never a bad question. And I like how that kid asked, like, would it be inconsiderate if I asked someone if they were trans? Like, because I would just want to know. And I love how your friend said, like, they will share it with you. It's not really like, it's not really our say to be like, you need to tell me who you are. Just like, if they want to tell you, they will. But for right now, just like accept them and love them and support them. Be their friend and don't make assumptions. Just like, you know, love them for who they are. That kid's going to take that learning and uh, and remember it forever and apply it to all the interactions they have moving forward. So I just think it's really exciting what's happening in a lot of schools, as we know, especially in the States. <clears throat> it's not happening in all schools. Florida. But Florida. <clears throat> but listen, we're making progress in the world. We've got Belgium. We've got Netherlands. We've got Canada. Like we're, we're making a little bit of progress here um, in terms of like the generation coming up. They're helping to create change. Wow. Oh, that makes me really happy. Oh, that makes my heart very warm. Me too. If you guys are young teens, kids, or know any queer kids that, you know, might want to share their story or might have some value in this conversation, like send them the episode or like tell them to DM us. Like we love to hear, we'd love to hear more stories about what it's like to be a queer kid or queer teen right now or just or just or just a teen in general and like how queerness factors into their whole life and their culture and how they interact with all the people around them. Yeah, it's really fascinating, especially like us being at the age where we're at now and just to me to like hear these stories and also like I can obviously relate to how you guys were feeling when I was a teenager is like really like warms my heart to hear these stories. And also like, I understand that not everything is all like rainbows and sunshine over here right now. Like we still have a lot of work to do. Even like back to Jara's story too, with the older generation, like it doesn't seem like things, things will never be a hundred percent, or at least they're not a hundred percent right now, but all we can do is keep like supporting each other and listening to more podcasts and reading more books and hearing other stories. I'm really glad we have this type of media now. Okay. Purse. To close out this very special episode, we have maybe the biggest interview we've ever scored. Yeah, I was like shaking, nervous, sweating. I was sweating. I almost threw up. I was so nervous. Yeah, I don't know how we snagged this guest, but somehow he agreed to talk to us. The last person we're going to talk to is my eight-year-old nephew, 
Knox. Oh, hey, Knox. This interview is so cute. He gets kind of nervous. Like he's a little bit of a nervous kid when he's talking to when he's talking to adults. I mean, most kids are. So I was really proud of him for like sitting down with us and and answering our questions. And he did a good job. Yeah, good job, Knox. And he honestly, like despite him being nervous, you can also sense that he has this confidence about him. Like he when he comes out and says something, like he owns it. So I appreciate yeah. that. And I love it. Me too. And we just wanted to see what does an eight-year-old in 2022 think about being gay? An eight-year-old who, you know, is still probably learning about, for the first time learning, like, about... Love and sexuality. Love, crushes, kisses, like, anything, right? Like, it's all new. Uh, His answers were really great. So, anyway, this is our interview with uh, the one and only Knox. Okay, question for you, Knox. When you're watching movies and TV shows and YouTube, do you ever see people on the screen who are in love? No. You never see people who are in love? None of the characters are in love with each other? No. None of them? What about in your real life around you? What about mommy and daddy? Uh, Yes. What about Nina and Papa? Yes. All these people who are in love, it's a boy and a girl, right? Mm-hmm. What would you think if a boy loved a boy? Uh, then they would be, um, how do I say it again? It's the only word I can think of. I'm pretty sure. No, Mr. Snow, you have to tell me. Okay, Mr. Snow will tell you. Okay. <laughs> Mr. Snow knows everything. <laughs> I need a Mr. Snow in my life. Me too. <laughs> Okay, ready? Ready. Yes. A boy and a boy are in love, then they are... The suspense. The suspense is killing me. They are... Ready? Ready. Gay. Gay. That's right. What about if a girl loved a girl? Gay. Gay, yeah. So what does it mean if someone's gay? It doesn't mean anything. It just means a boy and a boy kissed or a girl and a girl kissed. Yeah. That's true. Why do you think some people are gay and some people aren't, like mommy and daddy? Because they didn't because they've never kissed another girl and they've never kissed another boy. Did you know, Knox, that in some places in the world it's illegal for gay people to get married? So it's against the law for a man to marry a man. Did you know that? Is that true? Mr. Snow didn't even know that. What? Oh my goodness. Well, because it seems so crazy, doesn't it? Yeah. Well, what do you think about people being gay? Do you think that, what do you think about it? I don't really care if they're gay. Yeah, why not? Because it's okay to be gay. Totally is. correct. It totally is. I said there were no right or wrong answers, but that's a right answer. (laughs) (laughs) And do you think if you had a friend, say your best friend came up to you at school and he said, I think I want to kiss a boy. What would you say to him? Say, okay. That's a great answer. Go for it. it. (laughs) Knox, did you know Persis, my best friend, that she's gay and she wants to marry a girl one day? Really? Yeah, that is correct. I never knew that. 
I wonder if Snow knew that though. We should ask Snow if he knew. Snow, did you know that? Did he know? Because I seen you at Walmart. What? What did he say? Because I've seen you at Walmart. He's seen. Snow has seen her at Walmart. Yeah. Oh, that's that's fair. Probably. You but you did so good, Nox. You did so good. Thank you for talking to us. You're welcome. That was fun. fun. To summarize our conversation, Knox and Snow say that being gay is totally okay and that a boy can kiss a boy and a girl can kiss a girl and it's all good, right? Yeah. And one last thing, guys. Make sure to like and subscribe because it's my first (laughs) YouTube video. That's right. You tell them. You tell them, Knox. And comment down below if you like our video. Yes, you know all the lingo. Because he's a brave boy. I also think it's important to say, to close off this conversation, kids, teens, if you're listening, like your stories really matter. Like Tess, Jara, the stories that you shared with us, shared with us that we just shared on the podcast. If there's a 35-year-old listening, that your stories can genuinely inspire them. And I, I think a, a lot of times young people feel like their voices don't matter. And I think that's like a common thing in every generation. And more than ever, they matter so much. And so share your stories. Like, don't be afraid to be young because just because you're young does not mean that your voice doesn't matter, that you don't have something powerful and inspiring to say. Because clearly we've all just been inspired by how awesome Tess and Jara are and the kids in my friend's class and like how like brave they are to just be themselves at such a young age yeah hello like young people are going to change the world and knock us oldies out of here we're not boomers though Sarah Sarah we're not boomers why have you called me a boomer so many times on this podcast because you're a boomer and I'm not guys everyone vote everyone vote right now is Sarah who is a boomer on the pod they know I'm the boomer they know almost everything you say I'm like huh what's that I didn't see that honestly part of it is that I'm not on TikTok yeah you gotta get on TikTok girl I mean I have an account but I know I'm never on there I mean yeah it's very addictive but I do love it I love me some TikTok um we love you guys so much and we hope that you liked this topic If you want any other topic, let us know. As always, just like Tess recommended this topic, you know, who knows? It could could come to fruition. Yeah, exactly. Because you know what? We are genies and we will make your wish come true. Oh, baby. I'm a genie in a bottle. You got to rub me the right way. I did not know what that song was about when I was younger. I was just like, yeah. I'm a genie in a bottle, baby. Come, come, come on then, let me out. Fair question. As we're getting into, in case you missed it, if there was a Christina yeah. Aguilera party, mm-hmm. which Christina would you show up as? Um... I don't really know the Christina's all that well. Um, Let me think. Oh, I know. It's pretty obvious. (laughs) Like, pretty obvious, like, basic white girl. 
Okay, are you going to be dirty? Yeah. <laughs> I just love it. I love how grimy it is. I love the assless chaps, the braids. Oh, it, the makeup is so bad, but so good. I would be dirty, Christina. It's just iconic. Or actually, hold on. Maybe tied with that is Candyman. Um, Candyman. I take away the dirty. I'm going to be Candyman, Christina. That whole era was was very – I was very into it. So that's what I would show up as. I love I love that. Honestly – got you. Oh, what would I be? I really did love – the whole Stripped album is like my favorite Christina album. Ooh. I know what I would be. <laughs> Sorry, guys. I just had a moment. What's that song where she's like – na 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 no 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 what's that song can't can't hold us down this is for my girls all around the world i would be wearing that like pink jumpsuit thing she's wearing with the big hoops pink jumpsuit isn't she wearing a purple oh wait what is she hold on she might have multiple outfits oh my god yeah her outfit in that video is amazing yeah the the shorts with the high socks and then the hat that says lady c on it (laughs) purse you would look cute in this little outfit i always loved christina with dark hair and i think like naturally i would need to be the christina with the dark hair so yeah yeah i liked her with dark hair too um i appreciate this choice good choice thank you i'm I like how I had to sing it to get to that song, but I eventually got there. Yeah. I didn't get it right away either, so I'm with you. But I love that song. Oof, great song. Um, but anyways, Sarah, I want to just say really quickly to you, I think your hair looks sexy pushed back. Shut up. <laughs> oh, I really want to watch Mean Girls right now. And why do you want to watch Mean Girls? Well, Persis, because this In Case You Missed It is a very special Mean Girls edition, In Case You Missed It, because the hot gossip on the street is Mean Girls star Jonathan Bennett, also known as the infamous Aaron Samuels, married his boothang TV host James Vaughn in a perfect, I'm using air quotes because it must have been from like an article that you found or something. It was. (laughs) In a perfect ceremony in Mexico. They went to Mexico and they got married and the it was like a people exclusive and the pictures are gorgeous, honey. They're gorgeous. Absolutely gorgeous. They look so cute and so they were engaged in November 2020. So it's been a been quite the long engagement for these two cuties to finally tie the knot. We actually found a couple quotes from our favorite source in the whole world, the Gay Times. Um, yes. That made me really happy. Jonathan's, you know, husband, now husband, said, <laughs> <laughs> when you're part of the LGBTQ plus fam, not everything in the wedding space is for you yet. And this is what he told the Gay Times. The whole purpose of our wedding is to come together and join the two of us together, join our families together and start a new family. And Jonathan added, and all that as we are going through this process, we realize that our wedding is also more than just about us. It's about the entire community. And I feel like that's actually very true. I feel like when you get married as like an LGBTQ couple, you feel like you're doing it for the community too. It's not so like 
it's like, I mean, this is news. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, obviously hetero, like celebrities who get married who are hetero, it's also news. But this just feels like it, it's just showing more possibility and like showing that happiness and showing that like you can do that because gay marriage isn't legal everywhere. You know what I mean? Like to actually get married to the love of your life when you're gay isn't the biggest possibility. So it just makes it more like you are doing it for the community. Yeah, I think absolutely. When you're doing something that that used to be slash still is illegal and you know that it should be legal, like you're you're making a stance for and this is something that queer people deal with all the time, like making a stance for their community even when like they don't really want to be. That's just like what it's like to be an oppressed minority, but having a very traditional wedding too, like the pictures from their wedding, it's, it, it looks very traditional. There's lots of white, there's lots of flowers. They have an officiant. It's all the traditions plus their own new traditions because like um, James said in his quote, like a lot of things in the wedding world aren't for you if you're a queer person. I think that's why we celebrate when like a black woman does something that like no other black woman has done before because it's like it might seem like such an obvious thing like of course she should be able to do this but because it was illegal in the past or because it's not rarely done in a public eye like it's worth celebrating um and I think every gay wedding falls into that category yeah you know I totally agree and Oh, I'm just really happy. I'm really happy for Jonathan. And I also just like, I love him. Loved him as Aaron <laughs> Samuels, obviously. Did you of know he, he was also in that Hillary Duff movie, The Haunting of Sharon Tate? I never saw that movie. It wasn't very good. <laughs> Hillary Duff was in a Sharon Tate movie? Did she play Sharon Tate? Yeah. Oh my God. That's amazing. You know what else? Jonathan is in is in like a lot of Hallmark movies like or like Netflix Christmas movies you know what I mean the best Um, yeah and he'll play like the you know straight love interest and I I think it's especially interesting with Jonathan because he's obviously best known for Aaron Samuels who is this very straight hot like he's the epitome of the guy who gets all the girls in high school right like the the hottest guy in school and he's making it with Regina and then he's making it with Katie and to be like a gay man portraying that I, I, I kind of love it it's almost like a wink wink you know Mean Girls is so aware of itself and it's making fun of itself um because it's the best movie of all time it's anyway um Tina Fey's a genius but I kind of love it he's like not only is it making fun of like the hot guy in high school but he's like jokes on you because I am very gay and I would be these like these girls best friend if this was real life oh 1000 percent. and I also wanted to say really quick that like you could look at Jonathan Bennett and his husband James Vaughn and almost be like they're very hetero passing they're very both very attractive people I just have to say that Oh, they're both so hot. I'm sorry. Like, what? I'm creeping their photos right now. They're so cute. They're married, and the wedding looked absolutely beautiful. Um, you guys can Google it and find all the pictures. Um, they're, you know, they're splashed all over the internet. And it's just, I mean, they look so happy. And we just want to see all the gay weddings. All of them. 
as many as possible. Also, purse, I think this might have been a request from a listener. Um, it'd have be really wedding. cool to talk to have it for us to get married. Yeah. What? I'm just kidding. Go Nervous on. Laughter. Um, I'm feeling a little flustered. Um, for us to have on a couple who is planning a gay wedding or has planned a gay wedding and talk about how, like James said, there's all these traditions that like don't factor in queerness. And so what that process is like and also find it like, you know, there's a lot of queer couples who want to get married in a church and they have to find like LGBTQ plus friendly churches, stuff like that. You know what I mean? I think it'd be really interesting to talk about that process. I would absolutely love that. I am on board. Jonathan and James, we are coming for you. <laughs> yeah, do you, guys- you already oh had God. your wedding. Do you think they'd come on the pod? Yeah, but they can talk to us about the process of planning it. Yes. Well, listen, <gasps> manifestation time. Jonathan James, baby. Oh, I have another question. Please do ask. Listeners and Sarah. Yeah. Do you think Lindsay Lohan went to the wedding or was invited to the wedding? I'm going to say no. I'm going to say no, because they probably would have said. <laughs> I thought you were going to say yes, just to spite me. I was, but I think it would have been like Lindsay was there. I'm so sure. I feel like they, I feel like they fell out of touch. But didn't Jonathan stay friends with? Gretchen Wieners. Yeah. Um, I wonder if it says. <gasps> oh, Jonathan Bennett on if Lindsay will get a wedding invite. Oh, hello. Did she? <gasps> What's the tea? What's the tea? Look, sorry, I got the tea. He was asked, will some of the cast of Me and Girls be invited? Jonathan goes, the ones that I'm closest with, with and talk to the most will be invited. As for Lindsay, aka Katie Heron, Jonathan said, I would think so when asked if she would be there. James added that Lindsay's mom, Dina, should also be there. And Jonathan agreed saying, yeah, exactly. Oh, that's cute. Even her mom. Okay, well, I hope she was there. I really do. I hope so. That would be quite the crew. Aw, the wedding looked so beautiful. Oh, and they just look so happy. Aw, weddings. I can't wait to go to um a wedding soon. It's been too long. It's been way too long since I've been to a wedding. I love weddings. I really do love them. They're just so fun. I know we've talked about this a million times, but I literally dream about your wedding like I I am going to like I don't even know how I'm going to get through it because it's like the thing I'm looking forward to most in my life and like how do you what do you do when that's done like how do you top that that's okay girl there's a long way to go but knowing me it's almost like I could meet someone this year and get married next year I know I know that's why I'm like I should start looking for my green langa now yeah. I'm thinking like a seafoam green kind of. Like I'm starting to think like a bit of a muted green almost. Like not – I don't want like the um, really bold like evergreen – or sorry, emerald green. I know the I know the green you're talking about. And I want sparkles like all good langas have. Oh, I know exactly the green you're talking about. I'm looking <gasps> at it right it now. Me. Oh my God. Share your screen. (laughs) Oh my God. Actually, we should wrap this up. 
First, can't wait for your wedding. Jonathan James, congratulations on yours. And uh, guys, we love you. We can't wait to talk to you again next week. (laughs) (laughs) Love you so much. Bye, guys.